You're listening to an Anderson Entertainment production. <laughs> this episode, mm-hmm. bring out the animals in Fab Facts. Well, sir, looks like there's going to be a gunfight again in the randomizer. <laughs> and Martin Roberts masterminds part two of his interview. Is that a joke? Hey? That's all coming up in <laughs> Pod 158. The Jerry Anderson Podcast. Hilarious. Let's get started. Let's go. Spectrum is green. The Jerry Anderson Podcast with Jamie Anderson and Richard James. Uh, hey. Yeah. I mean, See? probably <laughs> the most hilarious mm. introduction Mastermind. of this episode. Because he was on Mastermind. Yeah, and no, I, I got that. Oh. It was very, <laughs> very clever. Yeah, thanks. Anyway, uh, look, mm? this is the Jerry Anson podcast, but I yes. thought as a novelty... Oh, yes. ...to explain what happens, yes. we should start at the end and return to the beginning... So if right. I start, we'll go in alternating fashion. I'll say, well, uh, in about mm, 70 to 90 minutes or so, we'll be ending this episode of the Jerry Anson oh, podcast. Crikey. But before that, oh. and then over to you. Okay, that's really difficult. All right, I'll try. So before that. Oh, what now? Yes, we're doing it right uh, now. Okay, so it's Chris Dale's randomizer, where he sits down in front of a random Jerry Anderson episode and gives us his thoughts and comments. But preceding that will be, or will have been, uh, the second part of our interview with oh. TV's Martin Roberts of Homes Under the Hammer fame. Uh, but leading yep. into that will have been... Uh, well, by now it'll be old news, because you would have heard it, but it'll be new news when you hear it, the Jerry Anderson News. Yes, which will right. probably have been almost as exciting as the fab fact which precedes yep. it. Yes, and interspersed amongst all of that will be emails... Facebook group posts and Twitterings from our wonderful Podstrons. All that coming up or has been or will have been will be about to be. And will have been delivered the, um, by your hosts. By, uh, Jamie Anderson and Richard James. The, the, and him over there. Chris Dale. <sighs> there, I think we did it, didn't we? I mean, it was incredibly polished. I mean, I wish <laughs> oh. I'd prepared you for that before. Yeah, well, thank you. Little heads up would have been nice. You've got to find uh, you've got to find novelty in these things after 158 episodes. <gasps> yes, that's right. Oh goodness me! Right, I'm knackered. Actually, I actually have got a yawn coming now. Oh no! Oh, <laughs> you can't do that. that. We've only just started. Oh. No, I know. Is, it's contagious. Everyone out there now. Sorry, listening Foster to on. this. We'll be trying to stifle a yawn yeah, wherever yeah. they are. Okay, well, that's an amusing thought that now across the world are people stifling <laughs> yawns because I did a yawn. Look, anyway. Yeah, so if you're sitting next to anyone on the bus and they suddenly yawn, you know what they're going to be listening to on their headphones. Yeah. How funny. I mean, that's Just always been the, the case. <laughs> yeah, so excuse me, are you listening to the Jerry Anderson podcast? Yeah, yeah. But that would count for any episode prior to this. That's true. Uh, right. Yeah. Now, yeah. look, we need to perk people mm. up. So the best way to do that oh, yes. will be with yep. a fab yep. fact. Oh, oh. Now, time for this week's Fab Facts. Yes, it's the Fab Fact mm-hmm. where, yeah. well, I've got yeah. a book of Fab Facts. Listen to it here. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, oh, and uh, oh, I bashed into the mic there. Sorry. You did. Yes. Uh, but I'm going to flick through it at a slower speed than that. And at a random point, Richard James is going to shout, Bob. And uh, mm-hmm. at that moment, I will do my best to bring the flicking to a halt, uh, landing me upon a page which hopefully will contain a fab fact. And I'm going to read you that fab fact. Hopefully you'll find it fab. And then we can all, you know, rest happily in the knowledge that we're one fab fact better off in our lives. Yeah, okay, well, I look forward to it. <laughs> okay, here we go. Fab. Ooh. Ah, see, I've got last week's sticky thumb again. What are you doing? Why don't you give it a wash between pods? Well, I, I thought I'd clean my thumb very well, but clearly not. Clearly you hadn't. Anyway, Richard James. Yes. Often in my interviews with podcast guests... I ask them what it is that what makes... What it is that makes an Anderson show. <laughs> Anderson show. Yeah. And then they say, you're my show. best mate, you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, look, I tend to ask them what makes an Anderson show an Anderson show. Right. In other words, what gives it its Anderson style? It's Anderson... Yeah, it's a good question. Je ne sais quoi. It's Anderson DNA, if you will. Yeah, yeah, okay. I mean, it's yeah. more than just the puppetry, picture. since live-action shows like UFO and Space 1999 have it too, and Space Precinct... As in spades, I'd say. Uh, exactly. Spades precinct. Uh, some oh. <laughs> No. Some interviewees have said that it's the futuristic vehicles, teamwork, world mm-hmm. government, a positive out- outlook, etc., etc. But one frequently forgotten trope in the Andiverse mm. is the animal sidekick. Oh, right. Okay, mm, here we go. You see where we're yeah. going with this one? Yes. Animals have always been an important part of Jerry Anderson shows, beginning with Twizzle. Yeah. Do you remember the name of the animal sidekick in Twizzle, Richard? Oh, was there was a cat called Footso, wasn't there? That's it, played by Denise yes. Breyer. Denise Breyer. A mm-hmm. cat very fat who sleeps on a mat, in fact. Uh, that was his song, right. wasn't it? That was Footso. Anyway, I don't know. I'm a cat very fat and I sleep on a mat and a, so no, whatever. Anyway, yeah, yeah, Twizzle yeah. and Torchy were Roberta Lee creations, but uh, Dad's team brought the animal sidekick idea along to Four for the Falls. Right. Dusty the dog and Rocky the horse were yes. empowered with voices by Tex Tucker's magical feathers. Mm-hmm. Good as what was then known as AP Films took a turn towards the fantastic with Supercar, one might think that the element of an animal tagging along on adventures would be left behind. But you'd be wrong to think that. Yes. Supercar featured one of the most famous and most beloved, maybe, uh, Supermarination Pets. Mitch the Monkey. Mitch the Monkey? Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> All right. Whether he was accidentally defeating the villains, tossing survival rations from the life raft in the open sea, or ruining one of Dr. Beaker's experiments, Mitch could always be counted upon to provide some hilarious hijinks. <laughs> I bet he could. There was an, an air quote in I there, noticed. I think. Uh, mm-hmm. But did you know that Mitch was actually the fulfilment of Dad's childhood dream? Really? Mm. Uh, in an interview with the late Simon Archer, Dad revealed that he had always wanted a pet monkey growing up. Oh. <laughs> Thus, Jimmy Gibson, uh, Black Rock Laboratory's Wonder Boy, uh, mm-hmm. was given Mitch as a pet with no real origin story explained. Oh, I was going to say, when, of course, he had you as a son, his dream was fulfilled. But no, carry on. We can um, skip over that, shall we? So while Dad never actually fulfilled his dream of owning a monkey, he was briefly responsible for the care of a monkey named Billy, who belonged to Sylvia's father. Right. Uh, The monkey escaped and went on a Mitch-like adventure, stopping traffic on Windsor Road, stealing an apple and terrifying the (laughs) neighbours. Love it. Fortunately, international rescue was summoned and the animal was brought back unharmed 
to its thoroughly disillusioned caregiver. Yes. So, uh, so interesting. Course, there are many more animals in the Andiverse. Zuni, the mm-hmm. Lazoon from Pablo XL5. Oink, oink mm-hmm. the seal um, from mm-hmm. Stingray. Oink, oink. Uh, yes, very good. Harry Rule's dog. Yeah. Zill in Space Precinct. Yeah. And uh, quite a few shows don't feature very much animal activity at all, of course. But which was your favourite? Uh, if you had to create an animal for an Anderson show that doesn't have one, what sort of animal would it be? Mm-hmm. A St. Bernard for International Rescue, perhaps? Seems uh, fitting. Yeah. Be uh, useful. A hamster in the power-generating room at Moonbase Alpha. Do email right. us with your Anderson <laughs> animal suggestions. Better ideas. To, yeah. how, how rude. Uh, to podcast at jerryanderson.co.uk, and we would love to hear them. So, Richard James, what would you choose? Well, that's very interesting, hearing <laughs> about it? your dad's affinity for monkeys, because, of course, in Five Star Five, which I've recently adapted, yes. soon there's a talking chimpanzee, Absolutely. for goodness sake. Absolutely, and I bet you that's Clarence where. B. Bond, the co-pilot yeah. of, now, of the freighter. Interestingly, the um, this all ties into some, some research we've been doing recently for the planned biography uh, documentary uh-huh. for next year. Yeah. And um, I noticed that in the life raft at the start of Supercar, it's Jimmy, Jimmy's older brother, and the monkey. Mm. And obviously, I, I very much see that that is Dad as Jimmy mm. with his yeah. older brother, Pilot, and the monkey that he never had. So he's sort of, full, full, you know, yes. bringing his, his, his brother back to life in some way yes. and having the monkey in there too. So, yeah, yeah interesting. amazing how sort of biographically driven some of these things are. Yeah, that's right. That's mm. right. That's extraordinary. Did you ever have a, a, a sort of a, a fantasy pet when you were growing up? <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, sorry, I asked now. To be honest, a monkey would have been cool, I guess. But yeah. you know, I was happy uh, with the, you know, with the dogs, and now I've got a million yeah. pets. So there we you go. have. Yes, you just sent me a picture of one of them. Yes, <laughs> in a compromising position. <laughs> but uh, let's not go into that. <laughs> no, let's not. Please not. Uh, do you have any suggestions for animals that didn't make it into shows that could have been interesting? I mean, I rather like it in. Uh, I think this is Star Trek Enterprise, isn't it? Where I think uh, is it uh, Captain Archer has a dog called Porthos, and I think Koenig. I think he would have. Mm. He'd be the sort of a pet dog on board, wouldn't he? Yeah, I think so. I mean, and that maybe would have brought a, a bit of extra interest to Space 1999. I don't really know. Yeah, I suspect so. I suspect yeah, so. A bit of you know companionship, maybe a bit of peril. Yeah, you know, if if the dog needed to have a wee or something, <laughs> where would you take him for a walk? <laughs> How would the dog cope with the G forces yeah. of being thrown out of Earth's yeah. orbit? I don't know. Yeah, all that sort of thing. You see? Yeah. Right. I'm on the phone to Big Finish. That's okay. The next series, I think. Perfect. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Make that suggestion done. Yeah, uh, good. Yeah. Well, there we go. I uh, look forward to your animal suggestions, Posterons. And uh, until next week, I think that brings us. Can't wait. A uh, bit weirdly, to the end of this week's. Animal fact. fact. Oh, animal, animal pet. Animal fact. Yeah, they're yeah, near pet enough. Animal. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. Let's pull the whole thing off. Um, uh, why not? But before you do that, why not subscribe to us, the Jerry Anderson Podcast, on which, uh, whichever platform you're listening to us on. Leave us a lovely review and a rating, please, 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 uh, wherever you're listening to us, because they really do help. Uh, and also, why not copy the link and share it on all your social medias at least once a month, I would say. One in every four podcasts. If it's a good one and you really enjoy it, copy that link, post it on your Facebook page, post it on your Twitters, on your Instagrams, make a TikTok about it, or whatever the young people do these days. Uh, and that might even <laughs> convince other people to listen to so why not do that and in the meantime you can get in touch with us of course at podcast at jerryanderson.co.uk just like these lovely podstrons for example terry from hereford says uh, i am just reading a kindle on the history of gchq and in several chapters a man named jerry anderson is mentioned thought you might be interested and that's from terry 
I'm guessing Ooh. we're probably not going to get an interview with somebody from GCHQ on the podcast, though. I'm guessing you won't, or maybe we one. already have, and they just hacked in know. and removed it. Or maybe yeah. one of the hosts is someone who works for GCHQ, and we don't know because of the Official Secrets Act. Uh, Awkward. Anyway, moving on, we've also <laughs> heard from uh, Matthew Alderman Harris, oh, uh, who says, Hello, Jamie and Richard. Congratulations on reaching your third anniversary. Uh, the anniversary of the Jerry Anderson podcast, that is, not you two. Oh, says. well, it's oh, also... No, we, can, we go know, way back much further, don't we? I was going to say, it'll soon be the uh, 27th anniversary of our bromance. Yes. Yeah, okay. Uh, anyway, uh, Matthew says, I've been a regular listener since pod one, and it's one of the highlights of my week. If it weren't for the podcast, I wouldn't have made friends with the lovely people on the listeners' Facebook group. Nah, yes, quite right. Great. He says, also, I thoroughly enjoyed Thunderbird's Terror from the Stars. The voices are excellent, and the story is fantastic. I think it would have made a good movie. I also love the music, as it was faithful to Barry Gray's original score, but put a new spin on it. Mm. Uh, my favourite piece was the rendition of the Thunderbird's theme at the beginning. I'd love to hear a clean version of it with no voiceover. So I was wondering if you could consider including it on the podcast or releasing it on the YouTube channel. Perhaps you could do a full soundtrack release of all the music. Uh, looking forward to the next Thunderbirds and Stingray audio dramas, FAB, PWOR, Matthew Alderman Harris. What do you think of that? FAB indeed. Yes, Joe, Joe Kramer's mm. done a lovely job of the Barry Gray stuff. Yeah. Um, and we've talked about maybe doing a, a sort of combined soundtrack in due course. Um, but we yep. shall have to wait and see. There's definitely uh, too, too, too many things going on right now to add something sure. else to the list, but uh, maybe in the future. Good. Ian Jacqueline says, Dear gentlemen, I hope you're all keeping well. I was listening to your podcast talking about Doppelganger the other day. Oh, yes, a few weeks back. Uh, he says, I can remember watching the double-flopped version around 1995 on Sky Movies. Ah. Uh, a few years ago, I did recreate this version of Doppelganger using editing software. Ah, Jamie, just as you suggested. Uh, and my DVD copy. I would like, uh, or oh, if you would like, he says, I can forward you a copy. Best wishes, Ian Jacqueline. Uh, lifelong Jerry Anderson fan. Yeah, lots of people saying, I noticed on YouTube and Facebook, that they'd seen the uh, the flopped version of uh, Doppelganger recently, or oh, within the you know, sort of last 20 years or so, mm. on Sky Movies and so on. Uh, so it's interesting, it did the rounds for quite a while, didn't it? Oh, yeah, it did. Um, mm. I mean, amazing. But I guess, you know, just nobody was really watching it closely enough Yeah, you know, had any yep. any power to make it, uh, make it better yep. and fix it. True enough. Uh, and Jamie, of course, well, you've opened a can of worms here, haven't you? Oh, have I? Well, your whole six degrees of Anderson thing. Oh, is that still going? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So a couple of weeks ago, you gave us Hadrian's Wall to Fireball XL5. I did, you're right. You did, you did. Uh, Simon Allen got in touch to say, Hadrian's Wall was built by the Romans. A film featuring the Romans was Carry On Cleo. In that film was Wanda Ventham. She appeared in The Lotus Eaters with Ian Hendry and Paul Maxwell. Paul Maxwell was the voice of Steve Zodiac, nice. pilot of Fireball XL5. Nice. Good, good. good. Uh, says uh, uh, Martin Walton, or Watton, hello to Richard, Jamie and Randomizer General. An easy six links or less, I think. All he right. says, before the path of the wall, Hadrian's Wall leaves Newcastle, it passes by the location of Biker Grove, which is not in Biker, and enters the area of the west end of Newcastle called Denton. There's a Colonel Denton of whom the crew of Fireball XL5 search for in the episode Mystery of the TA2. I used to live just outside of Wall's End, but at that time the Sega D 
Dunham Roman fort wasn't a thing I was aware of, being much more concerned with Stingray, Thunderbirds, Captain Scarlet, and the model of TB1 that my dad had made for me out of some strange plastic that could only be found in the 1970s. I wish I still had it. Anyway, looking forward to the arrival of both the book and audio of Terror of the Stars, Martin Watton. So there you go. So he got the uh, the path of uh, the wall into Denton, and then Colonel Denton being looked for by Fireball XL5. So I think he did it in about two or three steps there. It should be six, shouldn't it? I mean, that's the fun of it. Yeah. It's actually making yeah. six steps. So I'm afraid we'll have to uh, reject your connections oh, outright. Oh, dear. <laughs> now, Jamie, yes. it's time for some very sad news. Oh, no. Phil Steer is no longer on any social media. What? Yep. He's left Facebook. He's left Twitter. Why is he doing that? Thankfully, we have his email address, ah. and he sent us an email with his six degrees of Anderson connecting Hadrian's Wall to Fireball XL5. Excellent. Ready? Yes. Now, number one, Hadrian's Wall was begun by the Roman Emperor Hadrian in AD 122 and largely finished within six years. It's 80 Roman miles, or 73 miles long, and had around 15 forts along its length. Number two, the soldiers stationed at each fort were governed by a commanding officer called the Prefect. Number three, the prefect was a line of cars built by Ford UK between 1938 and 1961. Hmm. Number four, Ford Prefect was also the name of a character within Douglas Adams' Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy who came from a small planet somewhere in the vicinity of Betelgeuse. Or Betelgeuse? Yes. How do you pronounce it? Number five, Betelgeuse or Betelgeuse is the second brightest star in the constellation of Orion, sharing the night sky with other constellations, including those that form the 12 signs of the Zodiac. Number six, Steve Zodiac piloted Fireball XL5. Got it. Nice. How's that? Well, that's pretty good. If only we could tweet about it for this Phil Steer theme Uh, section of the Phil Steer podcast. Yeah, but there we are. But, you know, we've got his address. We can, you know, email him (laughs) our thanks. That's a bit like a threat, that, Richard. (laughs) It does, doesn't it? We have your email address. Yeah. So thanks, Phil Steer. Cheers, Uh, I've got one more coming up, but I'm going to save it for a little bit later on, and you'll see why. All right. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, I'm very much but, looking forward to that. Yeah. So, are you going to set us another six degrees of Anderson for our podstrons to email in? Yes. Go on then. Join it now. Because I know you've given it a lot of thought. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Well, you seem to just pluck the other two out of the air. So. Yes. You know. Well, uh, this week I need mm. you to connect mm. a two penny piece. Oh, crikey! Right. To. The monster from the Space 1999 episode, Dragon's Domain. That's so unfair. Why? That's that's difficult. No, it's not. A two pence piece. Because there's actually a very easy route to it, I reckon. Oh. But yeah, a two pence piece. Mm. In fact, there's a particular one here. I'm going to... It's uh, it's the two pence piece what, on... you've got a two pence piece? On my desk, dated 2001. Right. Oh, um, not 1999. No, 2001. Oh. And that, actually, maybe that's yeah. too easy. Anyway, too many yeah. piece mm. to the creature from Dragon's Domain as creatively as possible, and it must be in exactly six steps. No more, oh. no less. Thank you. That's harsh. <laughs> All right. Mm. Good luck. Good. Yeah. Great. Well done. Uh, yeah. More Facebook posts next week, and a special one coming up a little later. Great. Oh, we'll look forward to it. Okay. Fine. Uh, well, while we wait, let's pass the time um, with a little bit of Jerry Anderson news. Oh, goody. It's uh, the Jerry Anderson 
News, 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 news. Yes, it yeah. is. Mm. So. Um, well, I've got a fair bit for you this week. Uh, Great. Let's start with this then. It's the Jerry Anderson News, so let's start with Supercar in HD. Supercar. Supercar. Oh, sorry, I can't help myself. It's so exciting. A Supercar high-definition Blu-ray release is coming later this year. You can pre-order it now. It comes in a lovely chocolate box presentation. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's lovely, with a book by Andrew Pixley. A special comic, a badge, a pilot's license. I hasten to say not the same badge or pilot's license as you may have picked up in the 60th anniversary box set different if you have picked that up recently by the way drop a line to support at jerryanderson.co.uk and uh, louise might um, have something special for you anyway it's rather lovely and uh, i hope it might be a brand new sequence of upcoming blu-ray releases i've got no proof for that but going back to supercar that seems interesting so watch this space for more you may also have seen our news this week about our publishing program um, we release some news to trade about various titles and, of course, you clever things out there have uh, tracked down some information and uh, found out a few things that we've got in the in the pipeline. Those things include, as I may have mentioned before, Stingray, Operation Icecap, a hardback book and um, audio book, a full-cast audio book that are coming very soon. Look forward to it. As well as a complete UFO comic anthology and a very, very special and glorious and beautiful Space 1999 Moonbase Alpha technical notebook. It's more of a full technical guide, I'd say. Ah, yes. It's pretty expansive. More on that soon. But it is very, very exciting. If you've ever wondered what FAB stands for, well, of course, it's First Action Bureau. No, it's not. No, no, it's not. Chris Dale has finally brought us a definitive answer, even featuring a clip and a quote from Dad giving you the final answer. I'm not telling you what it is right now. Lots of you already know, but pop along to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash TV, and you can watch the What Does FAB Mean video right there. It's guaranteed to entertain because it's by Chris Dale and he's a an hilarious chap and does these wonderful videos. So thank you, Chris. His talents expand well beyond the randomizer. Oh, good. Uh, speaking of audiobooks, as I mentioned just now, Five Star Five is coming very soon. We will have another sample for you of that in due course. Might feature on the podcast next week, might be on the YouTube channel, might be on both. Mm-hmm. And finally, I have a little treat for you. Seeing as we mentioned Doppelganger a couple of weeks ago in the... Um, erroneously reversed mirror sequence. How about 20% off the brand new uh, Doppelganger DVD or Blu-ray? Well, if you want it, you'll have to uh, be able to spell podcast backwards because in the spirit of being in a mirror on a mirror earth on the other side of the sun, if you uh, put in the DVD or Blu-ray into your basket uh, on the Jerry Anderson store and during checkout, use the uh, discount code SACDOP Mm-hmm. That's podcast backwards, so T S A C D O P. That's quite hard to spell, actually. T S A C D O P. That's podcast backwards, uh, all in capital letters. Then you'll get twenty percent off your doppelganger or Journey to the Far Side of the Sun DVDs and Blu-rays. There you go. Uh, it runs all this week until the twenty-seventh of June, and um, is limited to fifty uses. So uh, for only for the first fifty customers who pop along and grab that, enjoy. And that is the end of this week's Jerry Anderson News. That was the news, fabulous news. Why didn't you sing? Ah, well, now you know I was saving a little something. I did say. Ah, uh, you did threaten well, me with that, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, here's Martin Laybourne. Ooh. Hello, chaps. It's Martin Laybourne here again. Now, here's my um, 
Six Degrees of Jerry Anderson for Hadrian's Wall to Fireball XL5. Here we go. Hadrian's Wall was one of the filming locations for the 1991 movie Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. The character in the film, Little John, was played by English actor Nick Brimble, who incidentally made an appearance in Space 1999. Nick Brimble appeared in an episode of the BBC Two Play of the Week in 1978 about the artist Renoir, alongside actor John Bluthal. John Bluthal, as we know, was the voice of Command Zero in Fireball XL5. Oh, yeah. I see why you saved that. <laughs> you see, thank you to Martin, firstly, for his little uh, Six Degrees of Anderson, and also for saving my voice again by giving us a little, that was the news. Yeah. That was the news. I mean, if you yeah. don't, if you don't well done, sing, Richard, then what, what is yeah. it that you actually do on this uh, podcast exactly? Well, I sweep the floor and switch the lights out when everyone's done. Uh, okay. Well, you, you, you keep That's up the good That's why it's so tidy every time you come back. Doing that, that does make sense, yeah. yeah. Anyway, thank yeah. you, Martin. Right. Uh, you know, yes. well, you're welcome back any time. Yeah, quite right, too. And uh, more Jerry Anderson news next week, of course. And in the meantime, over on our Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups yes. forward slash Podstrons. Yes. Uh, Podstrons have been posting. For example, Alex Kay says, Is it just me, or is season two of Thunderbirds the only Super Marination series in which not a single gunshot is fired? Yes, he says, guns are featured, most notably in Alias Mr. Hackenbacker and Give or Take a Million, but I can't recall them actually being used. Just an interesting observation that's been bugging me for a while. Uh, well, season two, yeah, I better? suppose. But I mean, it is only it is only a limited number of episodes. It's only six, mm. so I'm not yeah, sure you can really yeah, even so count it as All such. Right. But uh, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, Rob okay. Doyle says finally got some time to watch the next pilot episode, and although I've already watched the whole series, I thought I'd watch Stingray episode one in HD. I'm so glad I did. It's such fun. The music is Barry Gray at his best. When they call battle stations, it gives me goosebumps every time. The characters are well developed, and the model work is outstanding. This is a ten out of ten show for me, and I'm going to be controversial, but I think it's better than Thunderbirds. Oh. Network, get the Blu-ray release set released now, please, <laughs> or then. else. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. Uh, Stingray better than Thunderbirds. I mean, I can. Yeah, I don't think that's that controversial, to be honest. I think there's probably a lot of people in that in that queue. Uh, I, I, it's got a, a certain different, uh, more comic book feel to it, hasn't yeah. it? A bit more heightened. Yeah, it does. So that's right. That's I can right. See the appeal. And um, here's a good idea from Ian Allen, who says today I'm going to do my own celebration to AP Films and Century Twenty One Studios. I've called it Slough Studios Tuesday. I'm sure in saying and thinking that the Anderson team and crew move into Slough in June. So I've picked myself the second Tuesday of June to celebrate all the magic the whole team did from that small studio and in that short time. I'll be watching the two documentaries I have and an episode from Thunderbirds and others throughout the day and have a small drink to them. Cheers. So here's to the fantastic Dream Team. Many thanks to you all for all that excitement you brought to us. Well, that's a nice thought, isn't it? Isn't it just? Yeah. Not, not many Tuesdays, people celebrate Tuesday. anything with slough in it, so that's great. <laughs> uh, and finally for now, Jamie, what would we do without Tom Hodden? Uh, I mean, we'd be completely devoid of content, wouldn't we, yeah, most weeks? We'd, we'd, mm. we'd just sit here in silence, really. We would. Uh, this week <laughs> he says, let's play a game of coming soon. Today, suggest cookery books that might soon appear in the Anderson store. Uh, Jonathan Westall suggested Pitter Breads of Peril. Oh. 
Heather Ballard says, Frapped in the Sky, the Fire Flash Onboard Barista's Guide to Coffee Making. Wow. Uh, Simon Allen says, Richard James Spice Precinct, featuring Lamb Brogan, Brogan Josh. Oh. <laughs> and finally, Paul G says, Move and Your Bread, Half-Baked Ideas by Alan Tracy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> wow. That is very good. That is a... You see? Quite a you quality see? set of entries there, yeah. I would say. Isn't it? That's why people join the Jerry Anderson Podcast Podstron's Facebook group. Get on over there, answer a few questions, we'll let you in and you can join in the fun. I mean, after that advert, how could you not? <laughs> yeah, that's right, exactly. Oh, well, uh, something that I hope they'll all be talking about over there after this episode is uh, our Martin yes. Roberts interview. Oh, yes, I'm sure they will be, yes. Because he's here with part two. Um, further discussing the love of all things Anderson, a bit about his career, how he got into telly and all that good stuff. Nice. Uh, and uh, yeah, rounding off with how you can get in touch with Martin and a bit about his charity work too. So there's all Great. sorts of good stuff there, but plenty of Anderson goodness sprinkled throughout. So here's Martin Roberts part two. So post the puppet era, you've mentioned UFO. UFO in space 1999, did they cross much into your Yes, enjoyment? to a degree. Again, um, I, you know, I remember, and but but I, I have a hazy memory of this because they had real people, didn't they? Yeah, it was like fully live yeah, action. Like fully a, live action. So I never really put that in the same category as the others because it was just so different. So my mm. little mind at the time didn't think they came from the Anderson stable. Yeah, you know. And do you know what 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 made your dad move towards that? Because he hated the puppets, Martin. He called them uh, little bastards, and it, he honestly he he wanted to be doing live action stuff that whole time, and that's what drove him to make the stuff so filmic, which then helped generations fall in love with it because it looked so grand and epic, even though it was puppets. And so he couldn't wait to get rid of them. Really? Yeah. What about mum? Uh, well, my, so Sylvia is dad's second wife. Right. I'm, okay. I'm third marriage. So right, my, okay. my, mine's terrible. It's almost, I, th I think Sylvia as well, to be honest, you know, she was, she was really happy with what they'd achieved, but they both had these aspirations of wanting to go into, into live action. Cause um, you know, they did, you know, doppelganger. I don't know that one. Okay. So they made that in 68. That was the live action feature film, which they must've been doing alongside sort of, uh, Scarlet Joe 90 and tail end Scarlet and Joe 90 era. And uh, it, you know, it, that was what they really wanted to be doing. And they thought, oh, now we've done this live action film, we've made it, and now it's all going to be about live action. And so even in, even in the Secret Service, trying to blend puppets and live action was this sort of stepping stone towards it. Just That's what he, all he wanted. Wow. And, and, and in relative terms, how did um, UFO do? And Space 1999. Well, you put everything relative to Thunderbirds. Obviously, Thunderbirds is the, the, the pinnacle what, in terms of viewership at the time? Yeah, I think so, in terms of success. I mean, the ITC and Lou Grade's aim was always to try and sell to the US for, for syndication. And they really, they didn't get that. Fiber XL5 they had that with, but afterwards none of the puppet shows really hit the mark. Yeah. UFO didn't get there because it was quite adult tonally. And I guess they, you know, they, they had been typecast to some degree by making all the puppet shows. There was a thing, oh, it's another kid's thing, right? We'll, 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 uh, we'll pigeonhole it for that. And then they start looking at the episodes and go, oh, there's people getting killed and they're taking drugs and stuff. This is not what we're expecting at all. So it, it kind of gained a cult following, but not enough to get a second series. And then space definitely had more of a, an effect, certainly in the US. I would say space is probably the biggest US property. 
But, you know, it's Thunderbird still sits right up there in terms of what it is at the time and now. And then your kind of second tier is Space 1999, maybe Captain Scarlet, then UFO, and then we're down into sort of Stingray and beyond. So it's, it's really interesting the things that stuck and the things that just didn't. And same for yeah. you, you know, because Thunderbirds is your your pinnacle piece as well. Yeah, yeah, totally. For whatever reason yeah. or reasons. Yeah, well, and, and I, the reasons that I, I, you know, I can say from watching it again in the, you know, a few months ago is, is brilliant. There <laughs> 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 is everything about it. Oh, and, and I'll tell you, on, I, it was at the, because we met at one of your conventions, um, I think it was about 2015, wasn't mm. it? And I met the guy who did my puppet's voice. Um, that been Jeremy Wilkin, maybe? No, no. Shane, name another one. Sorry? Shane Rimmer, David Graham. Shane. It was Shane. Shane, Shane Rimmer. Yeah, who was yeah. also Scott. He was also Scott, yeah. of course. But he he did, you know, they did lots of different characters, obviously. Yeah. And he did, and I've got a little thing from him saying, you know, uh, just, you know, hi, Martin, from, you know, you know just, just referencing the, the, this this puppet that Amazing. Uh, he did the voice for. Little did they know that they would be, you know, it was quite, I mean, that wasn't that long ago that I met him, right? And so, so you know, there he was. And he was obviously, you know, relatively, you know, advanced, not advanced in years, but he probably was in his 20s or 30s when he did the voices for, hmm. for the birds. And it was there, you know, so I guess he must have been in his 60s or 70s when, when he when he came along to that convention. probably early uh yeah early 80s even possibly yeah, yeah Shane alive, passed away. no not? no he passed away about two two years ago right something like that so yeah because in fact i went i went over to his place and uh had had lunch and did an interview for the podcast god about a hundred editions ago i think something oh, like that wow. and had a, had a lovely chat so no, i mean they were all incredibly proud of their ongoing association and you know, david oh. graham who did parker and brains and gordon is still still going now he's 96 oh wow because he did the voice for the new series didn't he, he was the only yeah, yeah he did, did it's still doing parker i mean i think he's looking for a bit of a break now in his 96th year <laughs> Uh, which is to- totally, totally fair enough, bless him. But yeah, I mean, they they, they never re- realised that it would be going fifty years later, and they'd still no. be known as the voice of these puppet characters. No, but that, I mean, that's that's amazing, isn't it? And, and I, you know, and and I guess you know when, when you hear those voices, it just transports you back, right? Yeah. And, and, you know, you close your eyes and you hear Shane, you know, because it, because he spoke in his normal voice. I don't think he put on any accents, did he? No, it was pretty, pretty much just neutral Shane, which he had that kind of slightly gravelly heroic in intensity yes. to his voice. Yes, he did. And, uh, I, I, I know that, um, David didn't talk like Parker all the time, obviously, but he, he the second he switches into that, yeah, it was, um, I'll tell you, just a side story. Um, and then again, this will mean nothing to you, but it might mean listening to something to your listeners. But there was a show in my childhood called Bagpuss. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, the Bagpuss. Clangers was yeah. another another thing. And they were all done by this guy called Oliver Postgate. Yeah. And Bagpuss was a was a was 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 a much younger children's show. And it was about this little cat, furry cat puss, who came to he lived in a, a sort of like an antique secondhand shop and came to life when Emily, who was his owner sort of left. And then this whole world erupted and it was all very, all very magical. And um, 
Like was the clangers, which doesn't make any sense whatsoever. These little things. Yeah. <laughs> and the soup right. dragon and, and all that. And, yeah. And, uh, and, and I'll tell you a funny story about the clangers in a second, but um, I, I did a show with um, Gloria Honeyford, mm-hmm. an afternoon TV show for a while. And they, it was one of these sort of magazine shows where they have all sorts of different guests. And they had on this particular episode, Sir Cliff Richard. It's like, wow. And they had Oliver Postgate and, Oliver Postgate turned up with the original Bagpuss <laughs> and a clanger. And so you've got all the sort of production crew and you know, the cameraman and all that kind of stuff. And Sir Cliff Richard walks in and everyone goes, oh, you know, hi, Cliff. And then, and then, then Oliver Postgate w- walks in at the same time. It was like, oh, my God, it's Bagpuss! <laughs> and everyone was like, it's a clanger! And then... You're talking about voices. Oliver, this um, Oliver Postgate just said, but Emily loved him in his voice. And everyone was like, ooh. <laughs> Weak at the knees over Bagpuss. <laughs> yeah, no, it was great. But I'll just tell you a funny Bagpuss, uh, a funny um, Clanger story. You know, the Clangers that went, <laughs> they still had to have their scripts approved mm. by the BBC at the time. And Oliver told a funny story about how in one episode, one of the clangers had something done to him. And he sort of went, <laughs> which was which the BBC forced them to edit out because they thought that he was basically saying sod off or sod you or, <laughs> you know, what, or whatever else. But this is a clanger going <laughs> like that. But he was obviously not happy. But it, it, <laughs> that's the BBC of the time. <laughs> Yes, I I had heard about the uh, potentially rude dialogue in the <laughs> in the clangers. Well, because I mean they've remade clangers, you know, recently, haven't they? And oh, have they? Re- oh, right. Yes, they did. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, a bunch of stuff, and still still doing similar stuff. So I think that was uh, possibly still the case now. <laughs> Martin, kind of, I'm guessing post Space 1999, uh, you know, things like uh, Terror Hawks and and those shows didn't cross into your. No, experience because you I'd, left I'd, those behind. Yeah, I'd grown up by then. But what about sort of? Were you ever into comics and that kind of thing? TV Twenty One, the the weekly comic at the time, or or were you more into the toys and the physical stuff? I was. My comics were the Beano and the Dandy. Ah. And not really any other type of magazine. So mm. I didn't really get any comics that were that were were, were more unusual okay and terror hawks was a bit i i i, I find terror hawks a bit frightening the actual characters themselves sort of scared me a bit yeah so and the most pathetic thing to say is it so i never really got into terror hawks and um yeah so i guess most of my focus is just on those what i consider to be halcyon days of yeah, of uh, of of production, and many would agree with you. So we'll leave behind the, the 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 childish stuff, which we'll definitely come back to, and we know you did. So why didn't you end up, you know, being a hero pilot or or making <laughs> models and blowing them up? And what what took you on this path towards uh, Homes Under the Hammer instead? Well, you know, actually, a lot of it is about knowing that the opportunities to do that are out there, and making the leap from something you've seen on television to actually doing it as a job is a big thing. It certainly was in my years growing up. And, and I was, you know, my, you know, career advice would have been, you know, very, very limited. Mm. Um, and I ended up 
just I liked to and randomly I, I was into electronics a bit and I liked it was just at the, the time when electronics was really taken off and I had an uncle who was an electronics teacher and he had some cool stuff that flashed and <laughs> responded to voices and for some random reason it led me down the world of electronics and I ended up going to university to do electronics and that's what I did um but halfway through my time at university I discovered the the media society mm-hmm. and ended up going on visits to tv stations and radio stations and seeing that you know that people work normal people worked in tv and radio and you didn't have to be some you know super amazing talent or whatever you know just as long as you committed to what you're doing and you know and and uh, you know there's always space for good people was was what we were told by one particular manager of a of a BBC radio station. And I'll never forget that. He says it's all space for good people. It's like, oh my gosh. So, you know, had I realized earlier on or been told that earlier on, then I'm sure that, you know, the idea of making models and, and driving, you know, um, uh, being, I don't know about, I would have ever, you know, I guess the nearest thing would have been to join the army, wouldn't it? Or the RAF. Yeah. I don't think that was ever on the cast. Cause I don't have a, I don't have a military background in the family, but you know, there's that realization then that you could, you could do things like that. And that, mm. that basically led to me at the end of my, my university course and sort of decided not to go into electronics and going starting my media career. And that's, how I started in BBC local radio, radio Manchester and radio Merseyside and radio Lancashire and, and that led to Radio 4, and that led to doing travel shows, and that led to Wish You Were Here, and that led to Homes Under the Hammer, and, you know. <laughs> you know Just like that. One yeah. smooth path. <laughs> yeah, of course it was. <laughs> no, lots of bumps along the way, lots of diversions and lots of lucky breaks, mm. um, lots of blind alleyways, as there yeah. are. But, you know, here I am. That's how life goes. And so what, what about during kind of lockdown stuff? So, you know, this is... Whenever people listen to this at this point, COVID has been going on for a year. So, what what is life like other than watching thirty two episodes of Thunderbirds and playing with your dinkies? What are you doing yeah, no, right now? Well, yeah. So it's been you know, like for everybody, it's been really tough. You know, mm. I mean, I work, I'm self employed, so you know, everything dropped off a cliff. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't expect so much sympathy, but you know, everyone thinks everyone working on TV makes millions and blah blah. Well, they don't. I tell you, <laughs> a few people at the top do very well, and the rest of the people who else does. It's, yeah. just, it's just a, you know um i'm not employed by the bbc i'm i'm freelance so when we they stopped filming homes of the hammer because they couldn't film all yeah. my all my all my job work stopped we got holiday homes that we let out and nobody could go to those and i do property training courses which were all people in a room doing seminars yeah. which we've now moved online and and it's and it's really good but mm. for, for six months it was it was a disaster zone yep. so you know financially and emotionally for you know for me it's been it has been a, a challenge like it has been for everyone and you know as you say we don't know when people listen to this but you know we're now in our you know the middle of the third sort of lockdown and this is by far the worst mm. for well for me and for my kids it's just yeah you know it's all we've the had fatigue all, set in we've right all, we've all just had enough and it's yeah. a grimy time of year but you know i start i needed to carry on being creative so i started my youtube a, a youtube channel called Martin Roberts Property Tidbits. And it's and I, I was I've just been filming loads and loads of stuff about 
property advice and DIY advice. And uh, well, we started filming it in the in the the, sort of the first lockdown. So it was amazing weather, if you remember. Yeah. And I was out in the garden doing DIY stuff with the kids. You know, things that I'm not saying, not exactly re-roofing the house, but you know, just, just projects that they could get involved in to inspire them. Because I, I do believe that DIY practical skills are a bit of a lost art. My mm. dad sort of showed me, and I grew up in that kind of environment. Yeah, and I think same. you know, with less parents doing it, I don't want kids to lose the ability to put up a shelf or you know just to build something and not to have to get people in you know it's things a, a real shame to lose that so i spent quite a lot of time building up what i think is a really 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 great um youtube channel so if anyone wants to go and take a look and subscribe i'd really appreciate it that's martin roberts property tip bits you just search it up on youtube and lots of fun stuff on there from the world of property and and diy and and things yeah and, and you know just trying to just trying to keep the kids motivated which is you know they you know that they're, they're youngsters right now and they're, they're not surprisingly very disillusioned and um you know we've started filming homes under the hammer again you know we managed to find a a way to make it work and yeah, very different one one property a day covid secure yeah me and a cameraman nobody else i mean i've been doing the show long enough that you know uh it doesn't you know, it, it doesn't affect what we do at all yeah. because I write my own stuff. I do it pretty much off the cuff anyway. The cameramen know me. We work together really well. So, you know, we can we can make it work. And we've, as I said, with the property training courses that I run, we've managed to get those all online. Um, and that's going really well. And I think people are more open to doing things online now. Absolutely. You know, Zoom calls and learning online. It's sort of the world has opened up to that. The podcast is exploding. Yeah. And all that kind of thing, and I think that's that's you know that's so we, we sort of adapted to that, and mm. um, and I've been working really hard on on charity projects. I've got a a project. I've got my own foundation called Martin Roberts Foundation, and and its charitable objective is to support educational and safeguarding initiatives for children and young people. So I'm very aware that you know during lockdown, especially. You know, kids have really younger kids, especially, have struggled a lot. Mm. Uh, and I wrote a book called Sadsville, um, where uh, it's just a silly whimsical world. It's a children's illustrated children's book for sort of seven to ten year olds, where everyone in Sadsville is sad all the time. It's all it's part of a series called the Vills, and yeah. in the Vills, uh, Tidesville, everyone's always tired. In Boardsville, everyone's always bored. In Hotsville, it's always hot. In Windyville, it's always windy. And there's always a silly whimsical reason why. And there's a yeah. central character who comes along, and he and he sort of because he's an outsider, he can work out things aren't quite right, and. And he um, inspires the inhabitants of Windyville to work out why it's always windy. You know, in fact, in Windyville, it's because the man who's built the local wind farm is colorblind and he's wired all the wind turbines the wrong way around. So they're actually <laughs> blowing rather than sucking, um, sucking nice. the air. Anyway, you should get the idea. So, so I, I did a, a book called Sadsville where everyone's sad. And again, whimsical reason, the man who's putting uh, money making the crisps in the gourmet crisp factory is putting onions in the cheese and onion crisp, real onions. So everyone's crying all the time. So they seem sad. <laughs> but what it, what it does is it gets kids thinking a bit sort of outside the box and a bit yeah. laterally and get some thinking about their emotions. And the idea I've done this in conjunction with the NSPCC and Charline, and uh, it's, it's to get, children just to start talking about their emotions and thinking about their emotions and realizing that they, you know, they can, if they're sad, you know, they need to reach out for support, but also they can, they can also take control of that and recognize we call it good, sad and bad, sad. So you know, everyone, everyone is sad right now. Everyone is, is going to be cheesed off, but there's yep. a big difference in between that 
and a kind of sadness that you get from being abused or being neglected or being bullied and getting them to recognize that difference. So we've been raising money and we, we started out giving free, a free copy of every single uh, free copy of Sad to every single eight and nine year old in various areas. So you know, we raised the money in Bath. We gave them out to 7,000 kids in Bath. We did it in Somerset, 14,000 kids in Somerset. We did it in Hampshire, 24,000 kids in, in Hampshire. Got it Brilliant. And then, then, then the lockdown hit and I realized that I needed to get this out to uh, more nationally. So we raised the money and gave uh, two free copies to every single primary school in the UK, along with a teacher's pack and a lesson plan. And we hope that that ongoing will be used just as a, not in a heavyweight way, but just to get the kids to think about their emotions and the, the teachers to use it as a conduit, just to hone in on any kids who really might be struggling, either now or in the future. And, you know, if people want to know about that, you, they can go on sadsville.co.uk and uh, there's all the details of, of it there. And it's just something I'm really proud of, really. That sounds brilliant. But you're doing your own national rescue uh, thing. So you are uh, yeah, Scott Tracy. I, <laughs> yeah. I like, I, yes, I like to think of it as that. Absolutely. Well, uh, that, that we should take a conversation offline, Martin, about a, a charity I'm a trustee for called the Young People's Puppet Theatre, because oh I, I, I can wow. see a great collaboration on the, on that sort of thing. But that, we'll we'll leave that for later. Well, on. we had Basil. We had a load of celebrities read the book, and uh, we had Basil Brush narrate the whole book for Amazing. us. Amazing, and he was truly outstanding. So that's available free online. Okay, if people want to go. search out Sadsville, they'll find a Basil Brush narrating it, and it's really Perfect. really great. Go and search for that, Podstrons. Um, now, Martin, as, as our time, I can see, is rapidly ticking down, very Thunderbird style with a giant, r- ridiculous rotary timer uh, in front of us. I just wanted to touch on Mastermind. Obviously, a lot of our listeners will have seen your Mastermind recently doing a, a sterling job with Thunderbirds as your specialist subject. Just that must have been quite a nice relief as well to get out of that for, um, you know, get out of lockdown to do something a bit more normal normal in inverted commas, going on Celebrity Mastermind. You know, that's pretty normal, isn't it? Uh, so <laughs> how, how did that come about? What, you know, what's the process of choosing a specialist subject? Why Thunderbirds? And then, you know, what's the extent of the the questioning? And do they give you some kind of guidance there? Because you could say, right, it's Thunderbirds. And then they go far and wide and they go into behind the scenes and, you know, future uh, further iterations and remakes and stuff. Yeah, no, exactly. How's it, how's it all well, work? Well, well, I was lucky in some ways. I'd done it before. So I did, I did, I met Celebrity Mastermind about 10 years ago. And they just, you know, they say, what is your specialist subject? And it's quite actually just, it's a question to ask yourself, what mm. would your specialist subject be? Um, you know, I mean, it, it's an interesting one because yeah. we all know, we all know a little about a lot, but do we know a lot about a little? Yeah. And so it's an interesting question for your podcast, you know, listeners to, to just ask themselves, what would your specialist subject be? So yeah. the first one, the other thing I'm really quite interested in, again, from my childhood, it's, it's all regression to childhood, isn't it? Was the cartoons of Hanna-Barbera. So okay. Scooby-Doo and yeah. Stop the Pigeon and um, uh, Wacky Races yeah. and uh, the Hair Bear Bunch and Flintstones, they're all Hanna-Barbera. So I, I chose Hanna-Barbera. But what I didn't realise was that Hanna-Barbera started in the 1950s and finished in the late 1980s. My period was mid-60s to mid-70s. That's when all my cartoons from childhood were created. So when I got in the chair, I started getting asked these questions about cartoons I'd never heard of from the 1950s (laughs) and likewise cartoons from the 1980s. And I'm going, what? 
Uh, and I realized the error of my ways. The, yeah. the, the key to choosing your specialist subject is to refine it yeah. down a... to within an inch of its life. Okay. <laughs> so if your specialism is recipes, it's actually cake recipes from the 1930s. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, that's because otherwise it's too broad. So when it came to being asked to do it again, and I just got asked, you know, um, to if I'd like to appear again. And I was like, yes. So you have to pick a subject that no one's ever done before. So that's sort of, you know, all the, the obvious subjects have, have gone, mm. perhaps. And so I thought, well, I'll do your dad. I'll, I'll do Jerry Anderson. Yeah. Uh, and then learning from my experience, I thought, well, no, because that means it could yeah. be Terra Hawks and it could be Fireball XL5. You know, yeah. so let me hone in on one thing. And thank God, because there is enough to know about Thunderbirds. Oh, yes. So they, I said, okay, I'm going to do Thunderbirds. And and su- I, I think surprisingly, but, you know, whatever, nobody else has picked Thunderbirds as a specialist subject ever. Mm. So they agree with you then, the research information. So we decided it would be the classic Thunderbirds. Yeah. So we agreed a box set of 32 uh, episodes, the 32 episodes, yeah. not including the film, of Thunderbirds. And alongside that, a, a reference book called The Vault. Yeah. So they picked The Vault as the reference book and the 32. Now, if you look at The Vault, The Vault does contain all that behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. You know, so I, you know, I, I, I again, I, I, <laughs> it, it was, it, it was, it ended up being quite a broad subject. So I I watched all the 32 episodes and I used that as the main the main basis of my research. And I obviously read, you know, The Vault, but could not commit to memory, you know, all the stuff that was in The Vault. That's fair enough. <laughs> um, but um, a, a, a jolly interesting, if, nobody, if, if you haven't read it, a jolly interesting book it is. Yeah. If you're into, if you're into Thunderbirds. Lovely green, I mean, Thunderbird 2 cover. Yes, I don't know if it's... Um, I, don't know if it's, uh, I think we've still got it for sale on the on the Jerry Anderson store. But oh, yeah, it's a great I, book. I don't know if you've um, if this is considered to be the you know the the um, the de facto reference for Thunderbirds. Oh, cer- certainly one of the top ones, I would think, and and definitely on a specifically Thunderbirds basis. I think currently, yeah, it's up there. Yeah. So you know, if if you are a Thunderbirds fan, you know, I, I certainly enjoyed reading that. So um, and it's good to know it's on the website to to buy. So that's that's fab. So that was over the they were the two basics, uh, and then you know it is it is it is daunting. You go in there and you, even though you know you now know you've refreshed your knowledge on things, you know there is there is uh, you know that if you think about watching thirty two episodes, and I was getting into side characters and side plots, and <laughs> you know I was really annoyed. Um, you know, I, I and I'd and I'd remember I I'd managed to commit to memory quite a lot of stuff, mm. and but of course you never know what they're going to ask. No, you never could be know. anything. But you know, and, and and there's also it's not just about being asked the questions; it's being asked the questions in those circumstances. Yes, with bright lights on you, all the pressure, lights, <laughs> thumping music, John Humphreys. Yeah, three terrifying. million viewers. You know, I mean, you know, all that kind of pile <laughs> piles in, piles on the pressure. Yeah. And so, you know, people, you know, ridicule people who get, you know, general knowledge questions wrong, you know, even the most basic ones. And I say, you know what, until you've lived in those shoes. Yeah, tough. Because it you that that all those people could answer those questions in different circumstances. Yeah. 
but you're not. You're in that. But you know, at the end of the day, you know, you need to be. That's what it's about. You know, yeah, that is step what up it, and do it. You got to step up and do it. And you did step up and do it. So uh, for, for those uh, outside the UK in particular, those who haven't seen it, tell us how you did. So I won. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, yeah, that's it. But I, it's, yeah, but I, I it's got, very good work. I got um, all my questions bar one of the Thunderbirds questions right. Yep. And I, I was on the tip of my tongue. And it was, it was, uh, it was a, the one of the questions I got wrong was about um, the music. Uh, there was a musical um, song yeah. that had a message in it that was actually setting off, I believe, bombs on planes and things. And it was, it was what was the name of the song? And I, and I knew it was, I began with a D, and it was either disastrous or dangerous or something. And in the heat of the moment, I, I, I couldn't get it. But you know, I was proud of what I did. So I got, I won the general knowledge round and i won sorry i won the uh, specialist round yeah and i won the general knowledge round and I, I ended up you know winning my mastermind uh, celebrity mastermind trophy good man so was is that somewhere in the man cave that uh, uh it, it is absolutely somewhere in the man cave there it is ah lovely excellent work Can't and do you know what it- you're doing it for the Anderson clan that with that, Martin, because so the, recently the only two people to do Anderson stuff as their specialist subject, you and Samira Ahmed, who did Space 1999, you, oh, both, wow. you both won. Oh, so, really? Yeah. Did he do Space 1999 in this episode? In this no, she, uh, she did it last year. It would have been out, Yeah, I guess, September time. And she, she actually managed to get a replica uh, Moonbase Alpha uniform, which she wore on... <laughs> on there oh, so wow. you know slightly disappointing we didn't see you in your international rescue sash and the, the hat but maybe next time <laughs> well i did say actually i tell you what there was a bit at the end that um that i did a little um they did as as, as you've won and there, there's a credit to rolling they do like yeah. an interview with the winner and they film quite a lot and i one of the things i said within that but they ended up editing it out was i just um i hope that all the jerry anderson fans think i i did fab um yeah. and um i said that for you guys so thanks um, martin but unfortunately they edited out and they put in a, a little sweet thing about the fact that you know i used to watch mastermind uh you know with my mum and dad at home so uh you know it's i'm sure that mum was mum's not around anymore uh, on this planet anyway so she so i hope she was she was, she'd, she'd be cheering and i'm sure she would along with dad yeah. who is around so um, Absolute, yeah, you, you got you got a shout out and it's very proud to and I, I you know i did have so much so many people saying oh brilliant choice of you know because of course there's so much love yeah so much love for it huge amounts of love and that will continue and uh, you know thanks to thanks to you for picking it for mastermind because it keeps it at the front of people's minds it's amazing just how keeping it alive like that has such a great effect. I see our time has ticked down to pretty much zero, Martin. So if our listeners want to follow you on social media or find you there and congratulate you on your uh, your mastermind appearance and just connect with you, where can they find you? Yeah, so um, my website is martinroberts.com. Um, if you want to just track me down on that. Twitter is at TV Martin Roberts. Um, Instagram and Facebook, uh, Martin Roberts TV. It's just can be slightly confusing. Sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> was the way um some swine had slabbed it uh, and then uh, the youtube channel uh, is martin roberts property tidbits uh, and finally the charity is sadsville.co.uk amazing so uh, any of those things uh love to, to touch base and uh you know i think uh you know i think we, we share a lot in common and uh, i think fans of uh fans of uh of, of your dad's work uh, i think are generally good people 
Oh yeah, generally speaking, they're pretty awesome, and uh, you, you you're, can't you're imagine many thugs being, you know, being, nah, uh, nah. being being into it. It's I think it's uh, it's a bit like people who have um, golden retrievers and labradoodles, uh, which I in fact do. Uh, um, <laughs> you, you, they generally aren't bad people. You, you, you know, you're going to pick a different kind of dog, and you're going to pick a different kind of a memory from your childhood uh, other than Thunderbirds uh, if you're a, if you're a baddie. So I think it puts us in a category of good people, Jamie. There you go. You've heard it here, Foster. If you're listening to that, you're you're a, a good person, according to Martin Roberts. So there you go. Uh, Martin, thanks so much for your time. You've been uh, utterly FAB, obviously. <laughs> All the Cheers. best. Thank you, Martin. Really lovely chat. Yeah, um, I really nice. did enjoy our chat. It was uh, f- full of energy, nostalgia, fun, and uh, and happy memories, and some interesting bits and yeah, pieces you know, from Martin too. Anecdotes, etc. Uh, it's do- nice, isn't it? Because uh, sorry, I remember many people saying when Martin was on, uh, you know, Celebrity Mastermind and, and all that. Oh, you've got to get him on the podcast. He's a he's a Thunderbirds fan. I saw him on Celebrity Mastermind. You've got to get him on. Well, well, here he is. We got him on. Yeah, did it. Yeah, all right. You know, nice. asking it shall be given unto you and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. If you want to find Martin online, martinroberts.com. Find him on Twitter, TV Martin Roberts. Uh, mm. Facebook, he's uh, mm. Martin Roberts TV, where it's same as same as on Instagram, and Martin Roberts One on YouTube. It's very difficult to get the same handle across all social media, isn't it? Yes, that's annoying, very isn't it? Very tricky. And I guess Martin yeah, Roberts yeah. is a relatively common name, so uh... yeah, yeah. Anyway, you should try being Richard James, Christ. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, of course, and all, all the James Richards as well who are trying to get yeah, the similar ones. About. Yeah, it's yes, tough. yes. Uh, now, Richard, did you enjoy mm. our celebrity mastermind? Uh, uh, yes, Martin Roberts. Because yeah, yes, just say uh, yes. Sorry, well, yes, of course I did. Yes, good Why? because we've got He's another. Not here, is he? no, because we've got another celebrity mastermind next week. Have we? I mean, yes. that's Samira Ahmed. That's uh, Martin Roberts. Who else could and it be? And then it's Samira Ahmed again. Ah, I see. She's back. Uh, we've Great. gone from uh, Space 1999 on her last visit, which was, uh, yep. gosh, back around breakaway day last year, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Last year? Year before? It was year the year before, before I think. Because it, of, was. Oh, it was. Gosh. Mm. gosh. Anyway, she looks. She's been watching UFO, and uh, we had a ah. lovely chat about all things UFO. And as usual with Samira, because she's so frighteningly smart she eked out all sorts of new viewpoints and interesting things and made me realize and learn new things about dad along the way so it's a really enjoyable chat you're gonna love it i can't wait to hear it again so samira will be back next week great Meanwhile, over on Twitter, people have been hashtagging us, Jerry Anderson Podcast. They've been they? tagging me, Richard and James. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, him, uh, I'm Jamie Anderson. Have they done and that? of course, him over there, Chris Dulloch. Uh, for example, <laughs> Lee tweeted, episode 156 of the Jerry Anderson Podcast mentioned the mini album Interaction with Troy Tempest. The listener could join in by reading from a script that came with it. Look it up for more information. Yeah. Oh, okay. Thanks, Lee. So that was, uh, yes, uh, someone uh, posted in, didn't they? Or uh, was it on Facebook or something, saying that um, you flipped over the uh, the single yeah, or the album and you got to fill in the gaps and perform alongside other cast members, yeah, I'm guessing. Uh, so a script was provided and off you went. That's a nice idea, isn't it? Well, I've now got a recording of it, so maybe... Ah. For, a, for Christmas, we could do a performance. I don't know. Well, well, that'll, be that'll be fun. Uh, Aaron Rook tweeted, Love Thunderbirds, uh, the Terror from the Stars. You mentioned that you were unable to produce new adventures for Thunderbirds and had to go off of existing content. Maybe you could use old comic strips to create audio adventures. Keep up the good work. Uh, maybe something that we have uh, investigated. Ah, so, okay. Uh, stand by for Great. further information. 
All right. Uh, Brian B. Bunny tweeted, uh, happy belated third anniversary to the Jerry Anderson podcast. And also Gary Hodgkinson says happy third podversary to the Jerry Anderson podcast. That's from a couple of weeks ago now, of course. Over on YouTube, John Clay says thanks for podcast 156. Great fab fact on the busy year of 1969 and Doppelganger. Uh, I'd recommend the Blu-ray. And footage, of course, was integrated into The Man Who Came Back from UFO in 1970. And John Reed's atmospheric cinematography and grand score is wonderful. Good revisit to Thunderbirds with the Randomizer. And for Captain Scarlet Day, Hmm. uh, coming up on July the 10th, of course, he says you could discuss the teamwork of the crew who made a lasting success of the 1969, or rather 1967, sorry, series. Yeah, Hmm. could do that. Yeah. Could do that. So many things that could be done. Yes. Now, do you remember we were talking about the flopping of Doppelganger? (laughs) Floppelganger, as it's now Uh, known. (laughs) That's right, in uh, various broadcasts by mistake. Uh, John posted on our YouTube channel, uh, the colour problem is slightly more common. We then talked about, of course, the, the green alien, I think, in Star Trek. Yes, correct. Uh, had to be reshot continually because one of the, the colourists didn't understand that she was supposed to be green. Yeah. Uh, John says, one British lab tried to colour correct rushes, or rather, tried to colour correct rushes of a film shot in Ireland because they didn't realise that Irish phone boxes, similar to British ones otherwise, were green rather than red. It used to be a common practice when shooting on film to briefly film a colour chart under white light before an unusually coloured shot so that technicians would know it was deliberate. Also, things like that should have been noted in the negative report sheets paperwork, which went to the lab, but that still wasn't foolproof. Of course, once a print is far removed from the production company, anything can happen. The Russian film Stalker uh, was once shown entirely in black and white on Channel 4 in their early years because a technician hadn't realised it went into colour after the first few shots. <laughs> oh. Well, that's Crazy. that's a little bit... Well, it's nothing like it at all, but I'm going to tell you anyway. When I started watching uh, Vision on Disney, oh, yeah. Disney Plus, for some reason yep. Disney Plus always thinks I live in Germany. Right, So okay. Vision started playing in German <laughs> and I was just sat there thinking... This is a really weird intro. I knew it was going to be a bit quirky, but I wonder when it goes into English. And it was only about six minutes in that I thought, I better just check the language settings. And yes, there we oh. go. I was watching it in German by mistake. Oh, interesting. Which reminds me Does of it? the Halloween edition of a series here in the UK and maybe elsewhere called Inside Number Nine. And yes. uh, the idea was that uh, it was sort of as if it were a live broadcast and it fell off air as part of the story. But of course, lots of people watching thought it had actually fallen off air and apparently they lost a million viewers who immediately switched over to another channel but apparently Steve Pemberton and Reese Shearsmith were talking about it saying no no we had fact we told the BBC that this would happen you know people would actually believe it and we will lose viewers but the BBC was still happy to broadcast it which I think is quite sweet amazing Uh, and uh, finally Ben Hatton says I remember Journey to the Far Side of the Sun being on ITV I think around 2009 I remember it was on at midnight and I stayed up to make sure my video player kicked in to record it I can't remember if I noticed anything wrong with the flipped part of the film I threw the tape out years ago when I got the DVD. So that's fair enough. Fair enough, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Uh, All for now, but do comment on our YouTube channel. uh, Do comment on Twitter, Facebook, and uh, send us emails to podcast.jerryanderson.co.uk and I'll read them all out next week. Oh, good. I can't wait for those. Uh, Please do send them in. We love hearing from you. Uh, While we wait for that and to maybe get your creative juices flowing, would you like a bit of randomizer goodness? Yes, please. 
Well, Chris uh, has recovered from his own little third anniversary party that he yes, had. Yes, bit I, of a do, I, by all uh, accounts. Yeah, I know. It was a bit weird we weren't didn't invited. Have, but Didn't uh, get my invite, no. No, ma- maybe they were lost in the post, or maybe Marina was supposed maybe to... Was. Oh, that's not something anyway. Yeah. I hope you had a good time, Chris. So he's looking a little yeah. bit dishevelled today, uh, but he is here with a randomizer. So, Chris, I guess it's over to you. Well, yes, Marina, I agree. It's it's very pretty, but you know, to tell you the truth, I'm not certain we should have come down here. Perhaps it was that squadron of hawks that nearly blew us to bits. But I just feel that. Speak, Earthman. State your case. Oh, oh, hello. Uh, well, um, uh, we we what? Oh, oh, right, yes, uh, we, we've got a, a, a button we'd like you to, to press, actually, uh, uh, if you would. You have no place in space at all. You have no future. No future? Oh. oh, well, that's a bummer, although not really much of a surprise. You carry with you the seeds of your own destruction. Well, yes, it's called the randomizer, but it's hardly a... A contaminating organism, a plague... Of fear. Fear? Oh, no, 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 Torchy was last week. No, this week I'm feeling much more confident. He has conquered his fear. Uh, well, no, it's never 100% conquered where Torchy is concerned, but this week I'm pretty confident that not only will it not be Torchy, but it will also be an episode that proves humanity is not all about violence and hatred, but has a deeply moral core. You can share our power, giving substance to your wish. Oh, oh, really? You are free to walk where your mind has the will to take you. Oh, Ooh, well, does that include pressing the button on the randomizer? If your mind can find a way. Okay, let's see. Uh, uh, oh, no. Oh, oh, I did it. Oh, hooray for me and the randomizer. Unlike your human brain, this will never die. It has been developed over generations and grows with each life that is lived in it. Well, that's both comforting and somewhat terrifying. Right, let's see what we have today. Well, the series is Four Feather Falls, and the episode is Gunfight on Main Street. Uh, yeah, sorry. Mankind is full of fear. Yes, uh, look, look, uh, just because the episode title promises violence, does that mean you're going to destroy me now? You know, one of those judging an individual guilty for the crimes of their whole species thing? No. Oh, well, thank goodness for that. The death struggle of inferior species is very often the finest hour of their existence. Indeed. And as this is currently the only episode of Four Feather Falls that you can watch in HD, I am hoping it'll be a good one. Come fearlessly into our brain and see. Oh, well, after you. The four feathers on this hat are magic. They enable Tex Tucker's dog and horse to speak and his guns to fire without him even touching them. And now, another exciting adventure from Four Feather Falls. Welcome back to Four Feather Falls on the Randomizer and a, a notable episode of the show, uh, not specifically for its place within the, the, the story of the Anderson legacy or even the, this particular series, but only for the fact that uh, this episode is, at the present time, the only episode of Four Feather Falls that you can see in glorious HD. This is a, a bonus feature on the uh, Day in the Life of a Space General Blu-ray and also the... Um, 
This is Super Mario Nation disc from the, the big old Super Mario Nation box set a few years ago. And, oh, I've got to say, it does look very nice in HD. I mean, the rest of the show, we're, we're stuck with these, these copies that look fairly grotty, fairly muffled sound. I hope you can hear on this episode. If it's the sheriff you're after, you're wasting your time. He's out. Uh, thanks, partner. Where'll I find him? Can't write to see. Yeah, you got some business with him? Could have, yeah. But the sound is instantly so much clearer, so much bigger and, and bassier. It's, it's wonderful to watch this episode. But then also rather sad to watch the other 38 and realise they could all look as good as this. But uh, we may have to wait for that for a while. Morgan? No. Where are your partners? Ike Tobin and uh, Billy Pinto. Anyway, this chap Morgan's arrived in town. You know that. Well, if you and do... He clearly has some history with Big Ben, because uh, he's instantly pulled a gun on him. Tell him I'll hunt them down wherever they are. Hear that? Yeah. I hear. But they're gonna kill you, Morgan. And when it happens, I hope I'm there to see it. Oh, I love how... how dark and threatening this show can be sometimes. That's it, Ben's riding out of town. The, uh, the new... Newcomer in town is still holding the gun on him. But, uh, yeah, going back to this episode being in HD, and I, I know it's a strange thing to say, I hope you can hear the... I hope you can hear the high definition, but you really can just listening to the soundtrack. And, uh, of course, I think by the time this episode of The Randomizer goes out, you guys may have had some news about Supercar on Blu-ray. Rick. As at the time of recording this, I finished the trailer for it yesterday, which you may have seen. It's the funny little Rick. I may have to censor this whole section of the podcast uh, if that announcement has been delayed. But oh, Supercar does look very nice in HD, and uh, it's the fun. You know, the wheels, the wheels have been in motion. I know, you know, we've been saying for a while. Oh, one day, one day, one day. Now, Supercar is coming in HD in its entirety, and. Um, that has certainly boosted the chances that Four Feather Falls might one day get the same treatment, and I do hope so because it looks and sounds so nice in HD. It's the fun in it. If you haven't seen this episode, if you haven't seen the show, I thoroughly recommend you you getting hold of one of the discs that it appears on. Say, I know that voice. That's uh, that's uh, Tex Tucker. Sure is. Do you mean that you don't know Texas Sheriff here? And that he sings constantly. Well, I. Well, I'll be doggone. <laughs> Tex Tucker. Say, Tex, there was a fella asking after you, uh, the name of um, Tex. Hey, Tex. And this show is far more, uh, far more sophisticated in its writing and in its characterization sometimes than it really, really needs to be. I know a lot of people compare it to like the uh, the Woody's Roundup uh, bit in uh, in Toy Story 2. I I doubt that this was any influence on that, despite the fact that they are obviously very similar. But you know, Woody's Roundup is is pitched as a very kiddie show, and this this isn't so much. He said to tell you he's gonna get you. I mean, we've gone from Torchy of, you know, magical toys and, and all sorts of, um, uh, you know, sickly goings-on to, um, you know, I'm going to kill you. 
Now you tell me about. Well, I mean, some might say that uh, threats of death were an underlying element of Torchy anyway, but we're not here to talk about Torchy. Billy Pindo. We're here to talk about this chap. Who's two? What do you want with them? They robbed the stage at Kells Creek and shut up the driver. The driver was. was my. kid brother. Your brother? Torben Pinto. Gee, I'm sorry about that, Cass. You know, you could do this show without that le- that without that edge to it. And I don't need no help. But I really respect that they they go to some dark places with this sometimes for for a kid's show. And I'm going to get them. Hold it, Cass. You can't take the law into your own hands. That's my job. Match for two of them. It'll be suicide. I'm telling you, Tex, stay out of this. It ain't your business. Okay, but don't forget, I'm the sheriff of this town, and it is my business. Just wish I had a song to cover a murderous vendetta. I I don't have one. Fool! He'll get himself killed for sure. What are you gonna do, boss? Don't rightly know. But I got a hunch of something more I ought to find out about this business. Come on, Dusty. Well, where are we going, boss? I'm gonna send a telegram. <gasps> oh. Ben didn't have a chance. Before he could slap leather, he was looking down a barrel of Morgan's gun. Ah, that's all very fine. But I saw Tobin once in a gunfight in Abilene. Yes, I've never seen anybody faster. Oh, now, come along. <laughs> and the HD on this episode, and I think I may just focus on this episode for, for, for the HD-ness of it, it does make these sets look so much, so much more beautiful. And the costumes, there's some lovely detail on these costumes. Evening. Whiskey. And again, drinking in a kid's show. As I was saying, it was a real fine horse that they sold me, but look. And small talk. Here comes trouble. Morgan. Oh. Ah, uh, relax, Morgan. Oh, that's interesting. Holding a gun. Live action hand pulling a gun on a puppet. From Ike Tobin. That's very early for that kind of thing. Yes. Ah, cut the wisecracks and say your piece. I told him you said you was Again, whenever you, you'd look at something and think, oh, that's 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 really impressive for this show. Chances are it probably happened like two shows earlier anyway. Well, I don't know. What about that? Oh, rhubarb, rhubarb, rhubarb from our... Uh, they also said... Uh, watchers in the bar. Since you'll get on your horse and put as many miles as you can between you and them. You've said enough. Now I'll beat it before I plug you. Oh, Ooh. no. I promised myself I'd be around when they kill you. And I wouldn't miss this for anything. Hey, Jim. Jim's hiding behind the bar. And Grandpa Twink's leaving. Twink, you seem in a terrible hurry. I ain't got no time to stop, ma'am. I gotta get to the sheriff. The sheriff? Oh, oh dear. Uh, Does that mean trouble? Yeah, it sure does. means a gunfight. You better get on home. Oh, uh, Mr. Twink, uh, just a minute. Uh, What is it now, ma'am? Tex ain't in his office. That doggone it, woman, why didn't you say so? I love the relationship between these two. Where are you going? I gotta find Tex. In some episodes, I think Denise is just sort of shoehorned in as uh, as one of her characters where they can't really find naturally a way to fit her into the story. Uh, call him again. Well, Tex is over at uh, Dan Morse's telegraph office. Come on, Dan. Call him again. I know how you feel, Tex, but it's again the regulations. You gotta have patience. And again, you don't instantly recognise that that's Parsons doing the voices for both of these characters when they're talking to each other. He 
he's also doing the voice of one of these uh, these baddies as well. Yes, Grandpa. Did you you seen Tex anywhere? Oh, I love Grandpa's little slippers. You gotta help me find him. Come on. If only we had like a, a bell or something, we could ring when there was trouble. Oh, it's getting close to midday. That's when we're gonna have our gunfight on Main Street. Sitting in the saloon, watching the clock. This is nice music. Everyone knows what's coming. Count the minutes, Morgan. Cause you ain't got many left. I'll deal with you when I finish with your partners. Here they come. Again on some very derpy horses. Any horse that isn't Rocky is just... Tex! Well, is a very sorry sight. Ain't nothing yet. Why, Jake, what's the matter? Grandpa says there's going to be a gunfight. And he, he says you got to do something. They finally pulled into town. Ben's two accomplices. Ike, is it Ike, Tobin, and someone else? Morgan, it's Tobin. Tobin. I heard tell you want me. It going out to face him. Tags, hold it. Something coming in in the telegraph office. Oh, and there was a shot of uh, the two baddies there. There was a horse positioned right in the middle of the shot, but quite way back. Here it is, Tags. Staring straight at the camera, he looked very sinister. Cash Morgan, wanted for murder, stagecoach driver, Kells Creek. So. This guy's a bad one too. But before I do, I want to tell you something. I don't want to hear any of your lies, Tobin. You better listen while you've still got a chance. We didn't rob the stage. We didn't kill your brother. Don't give me that. I don't believe it. Okay. Have it your way. Again, these are a pair of... Uh, Say your prayers first. Slightly goofy-looking puppets, but uh, not too bad for this show. Come shooting. Hold it. There ain't gonna be no gunslinging here. I told you to Aww. stay the episode's called Gunfight on Main Street. Morgan's asked for it, and he's gonna. How can get we have a gunfight with no guns? Rub them guns. It wasn't them two that did it. I've heard enough talk from no one. I'm talking with Lynn. Now don't Ooh. nobody move. Yeah, you wouldn't get that in Woody's roundup. This is my town. It's not one of the uh, one of the phrases you hear when he uh, pulls the string on his back. Two, get going. There's just one thing I gotta do first. Oh, like I said. Get going. Well, I love that that sound of the dog barking in the background. And another live-action shot of uh, of a human hand pulling a gun there. You saved my life. Uh, on on real puppets. Oh. What do you mean? You know what I mean, Morgan. You robbed that stage, and you shot the driver. Too bad you didn't know it was your own brother. It was a good alibi trying to throw the blame on those guys. And it almost worked. So start walking towards the jail. Yay, well, again, that's a dark ending for a, a fairly grim episode. I can quite understand why this episode was uh, was chosen to uh, represent the show in HD, because it's, uh, you know, it shows the strength of the series. This is not just a, a harmless little kiddie show, you know, 
there's there's death and you know we don't have to see it we don't even often have to hear about it but it's enough that we know that in this world the stakes are are real are genuine so i really enjoy this one i hope i would have enjoyed it uh, as much were it not in hd but it is in hd and it looks gorgeous as will many other anderson shows to come Thanks, Lovely. Chris. Yeah, oh, great. I mean, very nice. You know, one of the beauties of the randomizer. It's random. I was going to say that uh, Chris Dale is an excellent host, but oh, yes, oh, sure, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it is random, uh, yeah. uh, and that always keeps it keeps us on our toes and makes it a surprise and keeps Chris on his toes, as you just heard there. So yes. uh, Chris will be back next week, um, on his hopefully toes. not disheveled, but certainly on his toes uh, yes. for the randomizer for Pod One Five Nine, and I guess we'll be back then too. Um, yeah. no, I put in a polite request for some reviews last week, and uh, yes, and I'm sorry to say that uh, the response what? has not been, you know, that I great. See. So I see, right, Postron, If you're yeah. listening now and you haven't left a review, I mean, yeah, I don't mean to be oh. rude, but uh, what are you doing? I mean, <laughs> that's pretty rude. It's literally going to take you a minute to do it at the end of this. Just do, you know, when we've said mm. goodbye, go and do yeah. it. And yeah, then we might yeah. read it out next week, and we'll be forever in your in your debt. I mean, you know, we only will. sort of. You oh, know, we're not actually give you anything. No, but we'll, we'll feel beholden you, to be nice to you in the yeah. future. So uh, yes, yes, yeah, please do. We'd really appreciate it. Anyway, look, yeah. we're going now to leave you time to leave us a review and a rating. Yep, yep. Start thinking about it now. What you're going to write? Yes, and, uh, something yeah. along the so lines of you know, this mm-hmm. is the best place on the internet. It makes me super yeah. happy. Richard and Jamie and Chris are brilliant hosts, oh, and it's a wealth of it. nostalgia. Um, yeah. brilliant tidbits and excellent yeah. humour five stars <laughs> that's it that's all that'll do yeah you maybe, go. Maybe, written some, for you. maybe someone will leave that exact review and that will make me most amused <laughs> anyway look time for you to write your review we're going away we'll be yeah. back for pod 159 yeah. next week thank you for tuning yes. in and farewell bye go and write that review now So do you think uh, that will work? I mean, it's getting pretty desperate no. now, me asking. You don't it's think it'll really, work. You're scraping the bottom. Of the, I think all that's left now is threats. Uh, physical, so emotional. Might, yeah. Uh, maybe, uh, you know, maybe to do with people's family members. <laughs> well, we have got Phil yeah. Sears' email address, so I think we should yes. start with him. <laughs> <laughs> this has taken a dark turn, it hasn't has. it? I wasn't expecting oh, this, but I guess it no. shows the level of desperation that we've reached. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, oh, those reviews. Richard, I can my, disguise my voice if I do a heavy breathing thing, can't I? Oh, not again, Jamie. You yeah, know the trouble yeah, I got you into yeah, last no, time. You know, I can do it. The sort of. You oh, will oh. leave us a review or face the consequences. Yes. Very, very good. Yeah. Any excuse. Yeah, yeah I, I, just, I just love getting that out. I know you do. Anyway, I know. Uh, maybe that would get, get a good a review. Thing? Oh, well, Why what, don't I get a. What do you, you know, want? Well, I want a gimmick of some sort. You've got that. You got a party piece.
Uh, um, I mean, you've got that yeah. uh, Hawaiian shirt thing that you were wearing a while ago. Oh, I've got that, I suppose. It doesn't really work on audio for a podcast, though, um, does it? Okay. Potter, if you're still listening, what's the audio equivalent of a, an Hawaiian shirt? Please do email us. <laughs> Hawaiian shirts at jerryanderson.co.uk. Uh, we'll look yeah, forward to your thoughts. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Good luck. Oh, goodbye. Bye. You have been listening to the Jerry Anderson Podcast. Wasn't it fun? You have been listening to an Anderson Entertainment production.